Hello and welcome to the Storytelling with Pug podcast. We will, as always, start with a story. A change in the routine to what I'm hoping is not just another routine. One that starts much earlier, goes by much slower, but hopefully has more passion and happiness. I left home as per schedule out into the early morning buzz of Chennai city. The clouds were making way for the sun to team up its heat on us. The markets were just being set up. Fishes were being carried fresh in their icy containers from the shores into the city for sale. And traffic was clattering and growing louder by the minute. After having bought my two-way ticket to and from work, I rushed to the elevator in the railway station just as it was about to close shut and take off, leaving me behind. The thought of having to miss the only train around that time that wasn't as crowded as the others and was fast approaching made me frown in my head. I was one of those youngsters who were proud to live where they lived but didn't really fancy traveling by overly crowded public transport or the squashing that came along with it. Luckily, a young girl clad in her Law Institute uniform who had to take the same train as I was kind enough to hold the elevator for me. I thanked her with a flashy smile, the frown in my head disappearing for just a little moment. It was right back when I saw my life-saving train pulling onto the platform, clattered. People were hanging and dangling out on the footboards of every cow, including the women-only compartments. Deciding to play it just a little safe, I went on board the ladies' coach, my feet just inside, and my handbag clearly outside the train, as I grasped one of the compartment's doors for dear life. As the train purred out the station, I noticed that the young girl hadn't boarded the train and was instead waving cheerfully at one of her peers. We passed a couple of stations thus. I managed to move just a little into the entrance aisle, but before I could even realize it, I was being pushed back and out of the train at the very next stop, where a large number of the female crowd wanted to hop off while another would by no means give them the space to do so. I heard those of the prior group shout, move out, come on, move out. Only if you go out, can we do so? And the latter screech, I'm not going anywhere. The victims were the unfortunate few of us who were trapped in between them. Before we knew it, we were being thrust out of balance and onto the platform. We obliged to the foes and waited for the rushers to rush off. And so did the train. The clocks kept ticking, our schedules kept clocking, and there we were, a few hurrying off to our routines, not looking back, a few stubborn around our own routines at the cost of others. A few putting our routines on hold willingly to say hi to a friend. And yet another few 
being made to pause our routines just to take the next more safer train. That was wonderful. Such a painted picture. Thank you so much, Florentina. I can't wait uh, to find out more about you and we'll delve a lot more into that story soon. But first, a quick introduction to the Storytelling with Puck podcast. You're listening to Storytelling with Puck, the podcast designed to show the power of stories in life and in business. Stories connect us on a deeper level, which is why we'll be sharing, chatting about and feeling the impact they have on every one of us. Your host, Stefano, is the founder of Puck Creations, and we work with your business to define a clear, consistent, relevant brand which stands out from the crowd. We use that brand to create content that makes your audience think, feel, and take action. Visit puckcreations.com to find out more. But before you do that, it's time to break some chains and have a random ramble with our absolutely transfixing storyteller, Florentina Martin. Florentina, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Hi, Stefano. First of all, thank you for having me on your lovely podcast. I've had the chance to hear a couple of them and it's absolutely amazing, especially um, during this time, you know, with the lockdowns and the quarantines going on. It's amazing how you could just tune in and listen to a story and feel so connected to that person when you don't have many around you. (laughs) So, yes, to tell you a a little about myself. uh, Well, like my story gave it away. I'm from India um, and I am a content writer with a graduate degree in engineering. So if you yeah, if you wonder, if you're wondering how that happened, uh, I started writing young. Um, my inspiration was my dad when he wrote a little poem uh, randomly. And I thought, wow, this is nice. Why don't I do it? It may be my way to escape, you know, my way of escape. So that's how I started writing when I was back in school. Um, but eventually life happened and, and I became became an engineer and I started programming for a career. But then I thought um, I'm not doing something that I actually like. So I'd rather make the switch now than sooner than later. So I kind of searched and got into the field of content writing. Amazing. That's brave. (laughs) You have gone down one path. And so you graduated. And you actually started working as well as an engineer or did you decide yes. after the, you started what so you started working as an I engineer? I started working yes. And what were you doing? What, what was the what was the role the engineering role that you were actually that you were actually doing? Yes I was into programming. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I think you would have heard of SAP. So I was working for one of the partner companies and it was a whole lot of programming and numbers okay. and computer science involved. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so by the sound of it, that didn't inspire you every day. <laughs> um, it didn't make you feel like <laughs> uh, it didn't make you feel like it was something you loved to do, but it was uh, a steady, secure job. Yes, it was. In fact, uh, that was the time that SAP was kind of taking root in India and uh, many people were wanting to get into that kind of a job. 
because it was very stable and it had a future uh, laid out for you like you could grow that way okay. uh, so yes i had many people coming back and telling me no you're making the wrong decision don't go about <laughs> it <laughs> there are always those people in our lives like yes. i i think um, so, so it still must have been scary though because you had this potentially stable job in front of you you had all of this um path that lots of other people were trying to get on but you you weren't feeling it um it is maybe the simplest the simplest way to put it and then how did you make the transition what steps did you take how did you make the decision to move across um this could be a story in itself uh, always so, welcome <laughs> <laughs> so when i was just finishing college just graduating um i knew right then that i may not be very happy with you know a, a career in programming or being a developer for the rest of my life um there's no offense of course it's a great career and i learned a lot of things with just that one one and a half years period and it was great but uh, just personally i didn't think that it was my cup of tea so i started out uh, applying to random stuff like uh, editor in a magazine or um, editing white papers and this and that i did a lot of that thing and but then you know since i didn't have a set degree to go with it uh, i didn't really get many offers and even the ones the interview that were scheduled um they just went off i didn't even know the reason why they didn't pick me uh, so later uh, after about a year into programming i thought okay i'd rather make the switch now and started searching and there was this one company that was that was very kind to me it kind of made my fear of uh, you know of choosing between yeah. yes of uh, transitioning the fear kind of reduced because this these people uh, were were very good to me actually so yes that that was the start of it but initially they were more into uh, not the kind of writing that i wanted to be in in the long run they were more into all text writing and uh, educational stuff and things like that and that was more strict uh, you know you're restricted to write in a said way when it comes to academic writing so then i figured that this wasn't the kind of writing that i wanted to be doing and then i started taking up some courses just to add uh, the credibility to my name that i can do this i am good at it so the courses help there online courses of course and after that i got some offers some pretty oh. good ones so. fantastic and so you say you got some offers were they for full time roles or were they were you working as a as, as a freelancer um what what type type of offers were they um i actually got got some offers in both uh but i preferred a full time opportunity because you know and i was just starting out and i did take up some freelance roles but that was again to build that credibility and show organizations that i am capable of doing it um, of because yeah. the engineering degree again didn't say that for me <laughs> so freelance helped me there um but for freshers if people are wanting to join i would definitely recommend them to go into the full time uh jobs okay so that's, yeah 
that, that that's fair. And, and as you say, I'm guessing working full time also potentially helped you with training and to get to understand the industries a little bit better and uh, the, the type of work that you could do. Yes, um, that's absolutely right. Actually, that was my main reason to choose a full-time job or freelance. Freelance is great. You know, you're your own boss and you can do things in your own time. But when you're at an organization, you get to learn so much more and experience so much more. And there are people senior to you to teach you and help you out. So having that foundation right uh, seemed to matter a lot. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's a, it, 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 it's a stepping stone into it. And that actually probably comes partly from your engineering and process, <laughs> being a bit process driven <laughs> and, and thinking about, well, maybe if I take this step, it will, <laughs> it will guide me along. <laughs> um, but, but it is interesting because people often think of engineering as very, very process driven. But to my mind, actually, engineering can also be extremely creative too. I have a family full of engineers, um, not on the software side. Um, they're different design engineers, mechanical engineers, but yeah, okay. not lots of engineers um and there's so much creativity in in what they do it's a slightly different type of creativity to what both of us do when it comes to to writing but it's still it yeah. still stands however i imagine it this part of the reason you wanted to change to writing was it wasn't the creativity that you felt as a child when you were writing poetry when you were seeing your dad's poetry so when you were finally able to get rid of your work as an engineer and move into move into the role the full-time writing role were you able to be a lot more creative and how did that I guess come about were you given tips on how to be more creative or or, or, or were you allowed to just be and do your own thing um actually it's 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 kind of difficult to break it to you, but I wasn't given any tips on how to be creative. <laughs> um, and I wasn't allowed to just be either initially. Um, I had to follow a set of rules that, you know, the organizations had set or even for freelancers, um, still you're working under someone in some way or the other. So you still had to follow the rules and their guidelines and everything. Uh, but it was a whole lot more creative than what I had experienced with my software job. So, yeah, but um, how do I say this? The software job, uh, like you said, it helped me set a process. Like you do this, this and this, and you will eventually come up with a nice idea that you can, you know, and then taking it forward either on uh, via programming or on with pen and paper, that's up to us. But the process was kind of similar and I learned the process and kind of still stick to it. That's brilliant. For me, sometimes when people have experienced other things before they move into writing and have experienced other jobs and other roles, it's really useful to help with things like the process. To me, for example, I, I worked for a long time in sales and marketing, and there's there's so much um, that goes into the processes behind uh, behind getting that right as well. And there's also a lot of lessons about running a business and understanding 
the different components of a business and the different things that you need to make sure that you've got right on all sides of a business. So it's not just about the creativity. So setting up Puck Creations, I had a different type of background to just writing. Um, and for me, I think that's really, really helped me moving forward. So as you said, then having that background, having that yeah. process driven background probably really, really helps with your writing now and as you say having that process going forward yeah do you do you find that you have can you predict when you're going to be more creative or is it it does it just happen <laughs> um it goes a bit both ways uh i can always predict that i'm going to be more creative right after a writer's block <laughs> because <laughs> I've spent a couple of days just getting over it and I know that the next article or the next blog or the next copyright is going to be the best. Uh, so yeah, that is one way I predict. But other than that, it thoughts keep coming into my mind all the time. Mainly before I go to bed, uh, there's something that lights up, you know, ting. Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> you yep. kind of go and write it down. So yeah, that's how it is mostly. That makes a lot of sense. I know that feeling well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I go through that same that same process sometimes. I also I know for me that I, I sometimes I almost purposely try and escape trying to be creative. The the less I try, the more creative I am. So if I'm going for a walk in nature and forgetting about everything, if, as you say, sometimes just before you go to bed, because you're not trying to be creative, you're trying to sleep, yeah. um, then ideas come. <laughs> if I'm just staring out a window and not really thinking about anything, that's often when the ideas start to flow. So for me, there is there's this kind of a process to allowing myself to be creative, but it's not. Yeah it's not maybe the strict kind of process that you would have in other, in other skill sets. Yeah, that's true. Um, so your story that you started off with today was wonderful. And um, I've spent some time in, 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 in India and, and uh, <laughs> I, I wish, um, I, I wish I'd spent more and I desperately want to go back because it's, it's such a huge country. <laughs> um, and <laughs> it, it's wonderful. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, interestingly, you, you were talking about the, how crowded the trains are. And I've had um, some wonderful experiences on Indian trains but they're on very very long journeys where I'm on in a sleeper carriage and yes it's still very crowded but because you're on a sleeper carriage at least in the class that I booked in I had um I had a top bunk of a bed sharing with other strangers and so so I didn't experience what you described uh, what you described here, as you were describing your story earlier, it actually reminded me a lot more of the London tube system, <laughs> the, the rush hour London tubes. I know I've had experiences um, mm -hmm. when I, when I uh, gladly, I never had to commute regularly, but I did sometimes have to go into London and work in London and go at mm -hmm. rush hour. And, oh, it's painful having to try and get <laughs> onto the train, basically, as you described in your story, being squeezed back out 
at least for me, I'm a big burly guy, um, six foot four, very broad. I kind of just stick my elbows out and I find my position. But I feel like for um, a lot of people, and you you were explaining yourself, um, that's not so easy. <laughs> um, to do. Yes, definitely not. So was that a regular occurrence for you? Oh, yes. I, I used to take the suburban trains here to and from work almost every day, not almost every day. Uh, I stop now because uh, luckily, or unfortunately, I don't know how to put it. Um, my organization is very much close to home now. Okay. So I don't have to take the trains anymore, but I kind of miss it. Um, so, so going back to your question, uh, it was actually quite a turmoil to get on board and reach the organization and when i reach i'd be i'd be almost devastated my hair would be all <laughs> curly and frizzy and i'd be all sweaty but but yeah i kind of enjoyed it and and now actually i miss it because uh, what we were talking before the creative part showing up at uh, you know unnatural yeah. times yes. i had a lot of those uh, during my train journeys. There's always some inspiration. Someone's talking about something. Uh, there's even gossip going on. And, you know, you have all these kind of small, small instances that kind of make you or give you a creative idea. How, how were you able to remember them? Did you have, uh, I imagine it must have been very hard to even um, think about writing on a notepad. Did you just have to try and store it in your mind and then, and then, yes, and then write it down later? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I had to keep it in my mind uh, until I got off the train and got to a peaceful place where I could actually open a notepad and write it down. But then I came across uh, a few people asking me to have a recorder. So you can just put it on and just speak. And that was very much helpful. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea, actually. Um, I, I I know a lot of people who do that, and it can seem strange to uh, to, to people around them occasionally <laughs> when they start speaking and nobody knows who they're speaking to. But uh, but it's useful. It's very useful. Um, yeah. So, as you were explaining your story, it it was wonderful to get an insight as well into your perspective of how you saw the different people that you interacted with that day and how there was such kindness from some, um, there was empathy from others and sympathy. Then there were also the people who were very self-absorbed. There were the people who weren't thinking about anyone else at all. <laughs> but at the same time, all of that, I guess, becomes quite a rounded experience. And what I really loved about the way you described everything was it wasn't a, this is the reason I absolutely hate something. It also wasn't a, this is the reason I absolutely love something. You just set a scene and kind of let us take what we wanted from it. it was that was that intentional, the way you, you put everything together? Um, it, it's not always intentional, but it ha just happens to be the way I write most of the time. Uh, I kind of don't conclude and just state what happened and let people, you know, take their own perspective of the story. Uh, for some, the ladies who were pushing us out of the train may even seem uh, driven. 
you know <laughs> they just want to do their thing they may seem uh, brutal to some people <laughs> they may seem unkind to some people uh, so yeah it it all depends on the perspective of the reader <laughs> so yeah i i kind of just it it's not intentional but most of my stories are directed towards uh, an open ending We'll not end it here, so there's no open or closed ending, but we will take a moment to remind you that you're listening to the inspired Florentina Martin on the Storytelling with Puck podcast. Those train journeys truly sparked her creativity, and we'll get to indulge in more of her stories very soon. When we do end this episode, it will of course be with a story by Puck Creations. But before we get to that, Our friend Jackie Goddard wants to give you the power to speak. My creativity at its best, it's a real exploring, it's a surprising journey. I think creativity is just the the antidote to insanity and it's productive originality. Surprising answers, inspiring stories, motivational, educational, inspirational. Wise words with power to speak the podcast. Find us on your favourite podcast platform or watch on YouTube at Power to Speak, the podcast with me, Jackie Goddard. Okay, I like that. And for, for, for me personally, it, it's it's one of the ways I like to read. I like to read when people are basically just explaining what happened and mm-hmm. I like the stories when people put themselves into it and explain their feelings, etc., but I also think there's a skill to showing what's going on and then letting people experience their own feelings because I think that's part of the power of the way we connect through stories is that we connect through how we feel and then actually both the similarities to how the writer was feeling but also the differences if we ever get to speak to the writer and to really understand and dig in. I think that's one of the reasons that stories work so well to connect us on a deeper level. Um, I know you said it's not intentional that you write that way, but what were your influences to make you start to write in that form? You mentioned your dad earlier and the poems he wrote. Well, well, I'm guessing that was a huge influence. What else? <laughs> yeah, dad was a huge influence, but his style of writing is uh, kind of different from mine. Okay. Um, his is more down to earth. I don't know. let's just say he he knows what he's going at he knows his direction and he lands right on the point be it a funny poem or uh, something more serious he always lands at a point uh mine however you know i just started experimenting that's how it came about and yeah uh i kind of how do i how do i phrase this um there weren't many influencers to help me start writing like this but as time went by and as i kept experimenting uh, over the years i figured that this is how i wanted to write and giving my readers the option of uh, building the story in their heads the way they wanted uh, kind of made me feel better about the whole way i was narrating the story to them like they would feel like they were a part of it and that i'm not just building the whole thing for them and 
setting up the blocks for them, but they would feel like they are building it. They are involved in the process. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more then about how that relates to the writing that you do for work. For work right now, uh, I mostly write just blogs and, you know, people are a part of everything. So you just keep the ideal person that you are targeting, your target group or your potential customer or uh, your personas, whom, whatever you want to call them. You keep them in mind and you're writing for them. So your focus has to be on them. Just like how with my creative short stories, my focus is on a wider audience. These kind of blogs and copies would be directed to someone more specific. So you try to build their persona, uh, right? They Like they are a part of your story and they are your main characters. So, and you keep them as the hero and build the story around them or build your copy around them, build your blog around them. So it kind of builds up and hopefully works out. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> You're a very good writer. Um, so, 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 so you're putting them at the center of the story. Are you still, because of the way you write, allowing them to then explore your writing, um, even though they are the, the center, or is it more directive? Um, when it comes to copies that uh, want to sell, you ultimately have to be more directive because you need to take um, your customer or your uh, you know, prospect to a yeah. certain point. But if um, some of my clients give me a more wider space to experiment with, then I go ahead and leave a little bit of open endings here and there so that people can kind of track on those touch points and ultimately, you know, still reach their destination or goal. That makes a lot of sense. Um, it's interesting because people often talk about the difference between kind of content writing and copywriting. So yeah. you'll know this, but for, for our listeners, the difference between maybe writing um, a, a, an advertisement, uh, very quick, sharp, maybe a sentence, maybe only three or four words type of advertisement, or writing a 500, 1,000, 3,000 word blog, for example, or a newsletter that's going out. Although some of those can also be direct um, a direct copy, but it, but but to, to kind of clarify the point of the pushing people towards a, a, a direction, and sometimes I feel like with content writing, that's where you can maybe explore the creativity and the open endedness that you were yes. just talking about. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, with copies, like you just said, uh, you you need that copy to do something for you right away, like. You, you need you needed to sell a product or you need someone to take up your service. So so the copy is very uh, constraining and it's kind of strict. But when it comes to content, uh, you have the whole sea out there for you. You can explore as much as you want. You can experiment as much as you want. Um, it's ideally just creating the awareness of your presence or of your brand's presence. And ultimately, some in some way, it still helps you land the customer, That's not directly, but in the longer run. And so with that kind of copy, are you often trying to include your storytelling within that copy as well? Are you trying to connect with people using stories rather than, I guess, talking at them 
are you are you sharing something in that sense yes uh, we always try to include stories uh, because like we like we discussed earlier right um, people yeah. are at the center of everything so you keep them at the center and try to build a story around them uh, so if you are wanting to you know say you write a blog maybe you make your um, yeah so say your reader is the hero so you you tell him a story like uh, why he needs this product and what he's going to do with it and how how your company is going to be helping him set set things up so you you kind of draft it and tell him that this is the whole process and smoothen the whole thing out for him and ultimately it comes out looking like we are telling you a story and you're the hero of it that's 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 great yeah and, and people often talk about the hero's sense. journey it does make sense it does it does make sense and people often talk about the hero's journey and that's kind of an example of of one of the ways um that the hero's journey can work there's a lot of actually misunderstandings about the hero's journey which i don't think we should go into today um but uh, i think you've explained how it can work really well which is which is fantastic stories are powerful in so many different walks of life and we were very grateful for creations for you um joining storytelling with puck the the initiative um <laughs> at the beginning of the year so thank you very much for that and you told a couple of stories during that time too um one of the stories that i really loved is called a name um now i haven't given you much warning on this um but um, if possible <laughs> is that something that you could uh, that you could read read to us today yes uh certainly all right i have it thank you a name it's a very special song to her the very first time she had heard it she had decided that it would be played at her oh so beautiful wedding and if they were permitted to by the traditions of their families her nameless groom and she would have their first dance to this song from then on the song went into her specifically prohibited list because of a silly little fear that she was inclined towards that if she listened to a certain song which she actually liked too many times she might start getting tired of it however the emotions that welled up inside her that day as she heard that song again did not remind her of her dream wedding or of her traditions they did not even remind her of the image of that first dance in her head instead they reminded her of the words of one person of one man who had quoted the lyrics to her his words were more magical much sweeter and much deeper than a dance she had goosebumps all over she was smiling as her eyes teared up simultaneously and her heart felt like it could burst with happiness at that moment she realized that her little fantasies were not very significant to make that day perfect the only thing that really did was her groom's name that sent a sent a shiver through me at the end i i i i love the way that story it's so short but it tells a lot <laughs> in such a few words it builds up and i i i imagine 
the number of people who will be listening to that and picturing their own weddings. And again, <laughs> like your other stories, they will all take different emotions from it. There was a conclusion to this one, but they would all have had different conclusions. And then there's also the little nuggets, the little things such as having the song played too many times (laughs) (laughs) and then you get bored of it. We've all been there, right? Do you have a particular song or a few songs that you you got tired of? (laughs) Always, because this was my story. I was going to uh... ask. (laughs) Uh, So, yes. Uh, there are quite a few on my prohibited list, forbidden list. Okay, okay. I only play them when I am most desperate or really down, something like that. And they bring joy, bring joy back to you. But uh, but but you yes. never you never get bored of them because you you don't listen to them. That's yeah, perfect. I never do. That's perfect. That's it perfect. happens with food as well with me. I don't know for some reason. So if I you like eat too much of the same food, then then. Yes. If I eat too much of the same food, I get bored of it. (laughs) I think maybe my greediness takes me away from that. I can eat some of the same foods over and over again. Be okay. Um, I I feel jealous now. (laughs) (laughs) But but this is this. So this is your love story. This is um, this is your your story about your groom um, and your groom's name and how. Now, the only thing that mattered about that wedding day is your groom. And, uh, and, and when you hear his name, that's the bit you remember. That's the... Yeah. Yeah, that was what it was pointed at. <laughs> okay, fantastic. But what I liked is the way that you read it, it could have been a fictional story. It felt like it came from somewhere deep inside, but it could have been about someone else. And I think that helps us all yeah. to relate to it as well. So, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so Thank you. We, we're, going to, uh, we're going to have to come, sadly, towards the end of the podcast in a, in a very, very short while. Um, but before we do, if people would like to find out more about you or to connect with you in any way, where can, uh, where can they find you? You could always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I check LinkedIn almost every day. So a message on LinkedIn would get you straight through me. Uh, You can also check out my website. Or an easier way is to go to Instagram. Uh, My website and Instagram are both called paddlelines.in. So any of the three ways... uh, you can get to me quite easily. <laughs> okay, perfect. And uh, I will also make sure that we put all of that onto the show notes as well so that um, people can just click directly through. So before we say our goodbyes, I feel like it's time to have a look at the destiny of 1983. If there are Indians listening to this, they are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> we are a crazy nation. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure this is going to go down very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The 25th of June, 1983, still remains a cheerful, nostalgic day for the cricketing world of India. I was born about 10 years from then and had no idea what the fuss was all about. Of course, I understood how great the nation felt when the Indian cricket team, led by the legend Kapil Dev, lifted the Prudential Cup 
for the first time in history. But I did not understand why my dad kept saying that it was destiny. Thanks to Star Sports relays of the match, I did watch the epic second innings of the World Cup final. As I relaxed with a big tasty piece of triple layered cake, I listened to my dad's nostalgic commentary. He exclaimed with full excitement at Kapil Dev's backward sprint to get Vivian Richards' wicket, the tension that built up with the rising Indies partnership before Mohinder Amarnath broke it with a stunning low-paced ball and how they waited to see the skipper lift the cup that day. To me, the match was a pleasing, tranquil event that had happened in the past, one that I was glad to have the chance to watch. To Dad, the match was a sentimental call of destiny, one that he had lived through. On that triumphant note, <laughs> I'm just imagining the uh, the cheering of some of our listeners right now <laughs> as they as they think back <laughs> to their their own cause of destiny. <laughs> um, but I, I would just like to say it has been such a pleasure. I wish we could talk more, um, and uh, one day I am going to come over to your part of the world and we're going to talk in person because I, I miss oh, it so much. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, um, thank you for joining us um, on the Storytelling with Park podcast. Um, I should say uh, Tina, actually. I've called, been calling you uh, your full name, but uh, I, know, I know you sometimes <laughs> like to be called Tina. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Tina. It's been, it's been truly wonderful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here and uh, just talking to you has been such a such a break from my usual routine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to give us a five star review on your favorite platform. The more positive reviews we get, the more it gives us the power to speak. Jackie Goddard offers her guests that power in every one of her Power to Speak podcast episodes. So make sure you check her out when you're not absorbed in a storytelling with Puck tale. Talking of tales and stories, here's one about a crazy adventure. It was still early days, maybe my third or fourth month of travelling and I'd made it to the south of the South Island of New Zealand. Ah, New Zealand... The land of the white cloud, Aotearoa for many. The land of adventure. Up to this point, my travels had involved visiting beauty spots. Some long hikes, meeting friends and family who lived in Australia, meeting strangers who were travelling at the same time or who lived where I lay my head for the evening. It also involved a little too much alcohol. It was all so incredible. There there were some dangerous moments, and although there was often trepidation, nothing had truly scared me enough to stop me taking anything on in the first place. Until now. The canyon. So, a canyon is a deep, narrow valley with steep sides. Canyon, in fact, comes from the Spanish word cañón, 
which means tube or pipe, according to National Geographic. A canyon is often beautiful. It's a site for sore eyes, a place to visit if you want to surround yourself with nature, a place to admire, respect and be thankful for. A canyon is not a children's playground and therefore it's probably not the kind of place you should attach a swing to or through. But that's what they did. (laughs) That's what they did. Here's what I did. You probably know what's coming. But let me tell you why. Before I left for my travels, I had made a decision to say yes to more. Partly based on a conversation with a good friend. It wasn't a yes to everything situation, but it was a yes to anything that offered a great reward. That outweighed the risk. The canyon swing offered me the potential for exhilaration. The potential to overcome a huge fear and... The potential to have a story that could be told for years to come. The risk was minimal. Almost nobody had ever died or even been injured. (sighs) I made my way to the swing's location and dragged my seemingly heavier by the minute legs up to the starting point. This one's called Backwards. Stefano, right. How do you want to jump? Um, what? Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards. Brave man. You've chosen one of the scariest. Why do things by halves, I guess? I knew I would probably be having to clean up my underwear either way by the end, so I might as well go all the way in. I'm sure they're trained to play with your emotions as they calmed me down with nonsense chat, but never let me get too comfortable. After the first fake push, my heart almost stopped, but it took me out of my own head for just long enough that they could let me go without me realising. That initial scream of fear quickly turned into a shout of elation before I stopped, hanging in a state of euphoria between some of nature's most spectacular achievements. Now for something even scarier. Once I had experienced those feelings for the first time, I knew I couldn't stop there. I had to go again. The fear had almost disappeared as I made my way back up to the top, but As they moved me into a new position for this job, it quickly came back. They said that this one was the scariest of all. They weren't wrong. I was propelled over the cliff, being held up by a harness, and I was told to swing my legs above my head. It was then time to drop my arms below me in a way that forced me to look down. There it was. Everything I had fallen into before, but this time I could see the distance. I didn't have enough time to become properly scared before they let me go again. You've probably heard people say, do something that scares you every day. I'm not sure how many people really live up to that reality. 
But there is a power in challenging yourself to do something you would never normally dream of. Those jumps were some of the scariest things I've ever done. But they were also two of the best moments of my life. You've just been listening to the Storytelling with Puck podcast. We'll be back very soon, so make sure you subscribe and catch up on any of the episodes you've missed.